Today we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Trinity, the foundation of our faith in one God, in three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we call it a mystery because it's beyond our human intellect to fully grasp and understand. But our life is filled with mysteries, things we can observe and experience without being able to explain. Over the millennia, science has been able to explain many phenomena that used to be mysteries, and sometimes being able to grasp how something happens without fully grasping why it happens. The first homily I ever gave the day after my ordination was on Trinity Sunday. Nice topic for a newbie. But a few weeks earlier, I'd been up on our roof with my six-year-old son, Christopher, adjusting the TV antenna to get rid of the static we called snow for a clearer signal on the TV. That was way before satellite dishes and digital antennas. Just a good old multi-armed array on a metal pole attached to our chimney. Well, Chris, ever curious about how things work, asked me, Dad, how does the picture come through the air and get onto our TV? With a father's wisdom, I said simply, it's a mystery. <laughs> but it works if we can get this thing adjusted right. Maybe that was my, my way of avoiding, I don't know, it just does. Or maybe it was the Holy Spirit teaching me a lesson that I've lived with ever since. I don't have to understand everything in order to experience it. In today's gospel, in his farewell message to the disciples on their way to Gethsemane, Jesus tells us, don't worry. You won't be able to get this mystery all at once until the Holy Spirit helps you to understand. And then like a lightning flash, he lights up for a split second the very nature of God. The Holy Spirit, Jesus tells us, can only speak what he hears from the Son. And everything the Son has, he has received from the Father. That means each one communicates their entire selves to each other. They don't just share some points of view or information or experiences. They actually communicate their whole selves, their entire divine persons. So God is not just three separate persons sharing one nature, but each with their own roles. It's the constant, intimate love relationship among them that's the essence of God's nature. And God doesn't want to reveal himself as some distant concept, a mystery that we can just dismiss as too hard to understand. He wants us to enter into and experience his nature of unconditional love. And so he created us male and female, saying it's not good for us to be alone. God gave us marriage and family as a way to share in the experience of his divinity. Just as the father begets the son in love, and their constant mutual love pours forth as the spirit. So a human family, husband and wife, bonded in unconditional, permanent, self-giving love, extends beyond itself into new life and children. So marriage is also a mystery, which the secular world not only doesn't understand, but refuses to experience as God intends it. Now, I surely don't fully understand the dynamics of my relationship with Carolyn, and certainly not the complexities of being a father of five. But the Holy Spirit guides me in those mysterious relationships, not all at once, but as I am able and open to listen to him. And this week we celebrate Father's Day. And I need to tell you all a story, which many of you may have heard before, of how the Holy Spirit led me to experience the Father's love 
in a way I never expected. I first shared this story very briefly in my homily on Father's Day in 1998. But each time I tell it, I come to understand it more deeply. And I wish that all fathers would learn from it as I have. Christopher, who had asked me to explain how TV signals work, was a challenge from the very start. Full of energy and zest for life, he kept us on our toes from his very first years through high school and college. And as I explained on that Father's Day 21 years ago, Chris quite literally made me a father and taught me how to handle situations I never dreamed I'd face. Chris, with his broad shoulders, his blonde hair, and a dazzling smile that preceded him into any room, was always the life of the party. But two years into college, Chris got involved in drugs and alcohol. And through the intervention of his younger brother, we brought him home to straighten out. And after a year of clean living and work, we encouraged him to return to college. But unsure of what he wanted to do with his life, Chris was hesitant. But when, when Carolyn reminded him of his lifelong dream to become a pilot, Chris enrolled in an engineering and flight program at Utah State. And Chris excelled at flying, attaining his flight instructor ratings in record time, and became the school's top instructor pilot. As graduation approached, he pursued every pilot's dream to be a bush pilot in Alaska. And on a trip to Alaska over spring break, he landed the job of his dreams, partnering with a hunting and fishing guide in a two-man, two-float plane operation. And about a week or so before his last exam and his immediate departure for, for Alaska, he said, who needs to wait for a graduation ceremony? I had a sense that I should talk to Chris about his faith before he leaves. He had not lived at home for two years, and I really didn't know where it was at. He was at with his life with God and his faith. But I said to myself, I can't have that conversation over the phone. I'll wait until I see him. A second time, I had the same sense. I needed to talk to him about his faith. After all, bush flying in Alaska has a notoriously high mortality rate. But again, I told myself the telephone would not be the right medium. And I could wait until our visit to Alaska in September. Then the third time, God said to me clearly, what if he dies before you have this conversation? I said, okay, I get it, I understand. So that very evening, I called Chris, expecting to clumsily try and encourage this independent 24-year-old to put his faith in Christ. I said, Chris, this job in Alaska is a dream come true, and we're very excited for you. But it's quite dangerous. Have you given any thought to dying? Yeah, Daddy replied, I know it's dangerous, and I can't control everything, but I'm a strong pilot, and I'm not worried. And I said, Chris, I'm not talking about you getting killed. That would be tragic. But I'm concerned about what happens to you if you do die. Are you going to heaven? What place has God in your life? I continued, you know you've done a lot of bad things in your life, and you know we've forgiven you. But you also believe that God has forgiven everything you've ever done because of Jesus' death for you? And to my, to my surprise, we had a wonderful 20-minute conversation in which Chris reaffirmed his faith in Jesus Christ, saying, yes, Dad, I do believe in that. In fact, earlier this year, I was trying to go to church, but I'm not really getting into it yet. And I said, Chris, I'm not worried about you going to church. That will come. But if you acknowledge how much God loves you and his gift of forgiveness and give your life to him, you can be sure to be in heaven when you die. Then I tried to change the subject, so not to be so preachy. And Chris said, no, no, Dad, I'm glad you brought this up. I want to talk more about it. 
Because I've been praying a lot lately, but I'm not sure I'm praying the right way. So we talked about prayer and scripture. And I told him I'd send him a new translation of the Bible that he might find help. When we got off the phone, I was puzzled. Why the urgency, Lord? Chris seems entirely right with you. Why was it so urgent that I had to talk to him about his faith? Just a few weeks later, we received word on June 17th that on his way home after dropping off his two passengers, Chris's plane had gone down in the woods. His memorial service was the evening of that Father's Day in 1998, and his funeral the next morning. And I shared that story on Father's Day half in grief and half in amazement and thanksgiving, as I knew then why it was so urgent for me to have that talk with him. It was not for Chris. It was for me. It was the Father's wonderful gift for me on Father's Day, knowing that I was about to lose my son, that Father wanted me to know with certainty that Chris was with him in heaven. Now, I tell this emotional story on Father's Day not for just sympathy, but as St. Paul said, to boast in our afflictions because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. The Father, having given up his own son to death, expressed his compassion by sending his spirit to me three times to make sure I was consoled in knowing that Christ was not lost, but had already entered into eternal life. So dads and moms, there's nothing more important we can teach our children than how much God the Father loves them and wants to have an active relationship with them right here and now and then forever in heaven. We can't earn it. We can't do anything else to deserve it. We just need to embrace the love that he gives us and respond to it. But in the static of our everyday lives, sometimes the spirit just can't get through to us until we adjust the antenna. But he doesn't stop trying. For me, it took three promptings from the spirit to have that talk with Chris. And I don't hesitate that much anymore. And as this is your day, how will you use this opportunity to share the Father's love with your children and your grandchildren? We were created by God the Father to share in His nature of love. God the Son joined us on earth to redeem us and to reopen that relationship we too often lose sight of. And since your baptism, the Holy Spirit has lived within you, calling you more deeply into relationship with Him. But the static of our busyness in everyday life can keep us from hearing his whispers, his inspirations that are always there. So today I ask you to spend some time in quiet prayer, asking the Spirit to teach you more about the mystery of fatherhood. Ask him specifically what you should do to draw each of your children more closely to him. And as the static goes away and the message becomes clear, it's not a Nike ad you're hearing. Just do it. Well, I've run a little over time. But as Jesus said, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.